you know, Biff, for uh, my anniversary, I bought my wife a fridge. Not the most romantic gift, but I love the way her face lights up every time she opens it. I love the way her face uh, lights up every time she... Biff, what is uh, the best way? What is the best way to remember your anniversary? Forget it once. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. In my household, I tend to be better at remembering the uh, anniversaries, but that's a different issue altogether. Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. This is Biff. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. How the heck are you, Biff? I am hanging in there, um, but yeah, how are you doing? Things are good. Biff and I just wrapped next week's show, our side show. We talked with our friend Abby, who was Fantastic. instrumental. Fantastic. Wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I've been volunteering for this organization called Llama that I actually didn't know what the acronym <laughs> was. It, it's like one of those Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. things, like when, when you know, you say what S.H.I.E.L.D. is, and anyways, but it, it's fun. She was fantastic she's been in like public service forever she talked about oh this is how the organization came together it was everything i wanted to know about the people i've been volunteering with for a year it was fantastic 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 and and before i even start i definitely want to again say thank you to biff who seven years ago performed the wedding ceremony for management and i uh as tomorrow is our seven-year anniversary you know, to be honest with you, you know, the actual um, hosting the event afterwards was a lot more work than that silliness at the beach. So, but there you go. <laughs> well, that's because um, I put the silliness at the beach together and I'm just <laughs> like, yeah, show up. We'll do this. We're a costume. And you actually put together and it was the most fun, chilled uh, late back like reception party. Um, yeah, it was a lot of that was a good reception. You, you know, yeah. we, we had a fantastic DJ. No, that that was great. So uh, happy happy anniversary to management, and thank you to you and and to Taylor. Uh, it's funny because we told the story before we recorded with uh, Abby. Management was in New York working for the Qataris. You can't live in Qatar unless you're married. So she had to come home. She came home. She she only had like a five day window, and we got the wedding. Um, what do you call it? What what's the word? Yeah. License. The license, wedding license. Yeah. You were going to be my best man. We were hoping to get the paperwork to have John do the ceremony. And then we find out, oh, it's like a two-week process. And we're like, oh, well, that sucks. I didn't say anything to Biff. I didn't say anything to Biff about how we're going to problem solve this. I'm like, well, you'll still do this. We'll figure something else out. And I'm looking online for people like non-denominational, like, you know, ministers to perform the ceremony. And Biff just calls two hours later. It's like, I took care of it. I had a couple beers. I went online. I'm now an ordained minister for the church of... of I have no idea. I, 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 no, I got to find that PDF <laughs> somewhere. It's, it's important because, you know, I'm clergy now. Right? Hey, wait, if I'm clergy, am I eligible for a vaccine? Oh, I'm thinking yes. that I might... Uh, I wait, wonder if I am. I wait, should look that up. You know, look, look, the vaccine will take care of itself. You're fine. Why aren't you looking at the bigger picture? Why aren't you declaring your house a church and getting rid of that church, pesky right. taxes shit that you've been dealing uh, with? You know, the tax laws are just, a, you know, whatever. I don't want to deal with that. You know, the funny thing about you mentioning having to be married, though, like, I think Massachusetts has these laws where, like, you have to be married 
to cohabitate with a person of the opposite sex that is not family. It's and the reason why I kind of know this. Well, is that you know about that? We they're like, called blue laws here, right? They're never enforced, but I do remember this came into play for one of my friends because um, uh, uh, I think uh, the husband got accepted to MIT and they got an RA ship, but then you know his then girlfriend couldn't live with them unless they got married. So, you know, because like, you know, apparently MIT had to play by the books. Yeah, so. there's there's these literally it's not an expression. There's these Puritan laws that are held over for like the last 300 years. Yeah. I don't honestly in Massachusetts, either anal sex or blowjobs is technically illegal. Like, like it's still technically on the books or it's just come off the books within like the last 10 years. I, I'm, I am dead serious. You know, it wasn't. You told- know, I was going to mention that in Florida, it used to be illegal to peel oranges in a hotel room. But, you know, if you want to just go all the way there, <laughs> that, that's cool, too. You know, and and in Arkansas, if people get divorced, the question is, are they still cousins? Like that, that's something that I don't know how that law works. <laughs> Moving on. So this week, it was really weird. I'm sitting there, the little guys doing remote learning slash cleaning the kitchen slash making the other one breakfast. And I'm like, wait, was was that a school bus? Because <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things like, you know, after 9-11, there, there just was no planes in the air for a while. Well, right, we right, haven't right. had yep. buses in all. Our yeah. town has been fully remote except for the three-week yeah. window in like October, but like for the last year. And then it was like on Monday, it was just a cattlecade of just buses. And I'm like, oh, wow, right. Those are what those, those things are. But it, it was, it was like, as it went, you know, as it went by, it was kind of a double take. It's like, oh, there goes a school bus. Wait, there goes a school bus, <laughs> you know. Like, look, look, I don't know what the situation in Massachusetts is or whatever, but, you know, just I'm just hoping things start, you know, with the vaccines rolling out. And I, I hopefully your educators are being vaccinated and everything else. And, you know, hopefully that we're getting to a point where, you know, we start getting some normal. Pieces, so so right? we shut we, we are happy anniversary, everybody. This is the year anniversary is shut down. Yesterday I was watching the Bruins game. Uh, I'm sorry. On Thursday I was watching well, so, the Bruins game. So the funny thing, it's actually technically March 11th was the last day, I think, or something like that. And of course, for m- many parts of the world, it's the one year anniversary of everything shutting down because that's I think March 11th, 2020 was a day where they canceled the NBA game mid game. I think they you did. Know. And they had people that like right. every, and I, I you know, right. it's funny because management was saying that last night we were watching the retrospective. It's like, yeah. has it been long right. enough to have a retrospective? But, but they, do you know what March 11th is to somebody like me? Uh, the band three eleven. No, actually not, not that aspect of me, but the, you know, my, you know, the, the, my ethnic part, which is, or my nationality part, which we, is, we, this is the 10th year wait, anniversary no, 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 of no, the no. Japanese oh, tsunami. Oh, right? I, I oh, didn't want you to say, to I was going to say, this is a 10 year anniversary yeah. of Gilbert Gottfried losing the gig as being the Aflac duck. Well, that happened a little bit later. <laughs> that happened a little bit later. So. But happy anniversary. But so, this was the, this was the event that marked, that triggered the, uh, so how was that for you? You know, I mean, you 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 still have family um, back there. Well, well you know, so your mom's it, family. You, you know, yeah, it was a it was a it was an area that um, my kind of my immediate family isn't there, but 
Um, my mom had some distant family in that area. So, so what's interesting, and this is kind of interesting also because I had this conversation with uh, Ellen where she had made, you know, she had indicated about how Ellen's mom had made some you know, comments about, well, you know, these people were you know, like, you know, obviously the Japanese people were, they did horrible things to, you know, certainly Korean people, but also to the Chinese and other parts where they have the imperial expansion. So there's a lot of people definitely in those generations that had a very negative impressions of the Japanese. And for them, it's like, you know, it's kind of like karma. And so, but then I talked to my mom. During the war, my mom was evacuated to that particular area of the country. And so she, I mean, that that was like probably like, like two of her worst years of her life where she was basically brutally treated and so she, I mean, this is, this is one of those few things that she talked about her childhood. So she was like, yeah, you know, wait, those, wait, wait, those... <laughs> are you telling me Japan had Japanese internment camps? Like we had Japanese internment camps? They weren't internment camps. <laughs> what they, what, you know, what it was, was that Tokyo was getting bombed, right? I mean, they were getting carpet bombed. So a lot of the children were being sent out to areas which were not going to be targets. And so my, you know, my mom went, you know, happened to go to, family in that area and they treated her like garbage you know know? this is fascinating because and this is this this is just fascinating my 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 wife and oldest son a year or so ago were reading a book together about kids in london it was it was a story about a girl who had uh the same um, club foot that my son was born with and she wasn't allowed to be part of the vac you know the evacuation from london because it's wow. well we're gonna just have you know that's what her mom told her it's like right. no one wants cripples it's like if you live or die it doesn't matter you know and the girl ended up that's, yeah, it's horrible. but it's one of those things it's like yeah as somebody who grew up as as the allied powers you know what i mean we we hear stories in london we don't hear stories from japan it's like oh right right there were children in japan too had nothing to do with it that had to be evacuated yeah but you know bottom line though i mean um i think i've mentioned before that i watch japanese news as kind of like background noise when i'm working and stuff and yeah the news from japan was you know you know there was a lot of the you know retrospectives and you know what are they doing now kind of things and man it is just it is just so brutal. I mean, you know, and obviously, um, I'm sure we could say the same about all the, you know, the areas affected by the big, you know, tsunami that you know, affected Indonesia and parts of Africa, and you know that, you know, that corridor also. I mean, you know, similar things happened, and it's just, when, you know, when you just, um, I think the one that really, really um, hit me was this 24 year old woman who worked for the emergency uh, support organization at, at one of the towns. Basically, you could hear her voice calling out to people to essentially, you know, to retreat to higher ground. And then to know that she basically stood her station in order to, you know, save other people. And when you when you see the video and when you hear her voice and to know that that person, this is this is uh, footage of a person sacrificing her life for the better of others. It's like, my God. I mean, so, yeah, no, it, 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 yeah. you, it really shakes you. It's like. Well, what Absolutely. the you know it's like and the bravery the the you know the selflessness the sacrifice it, it's like something yeah a big sissy like me is never going to have to you know probably have done uh, but getting back to my mom-in-law it's like because Biff and I talked about this before my mom 
and La was a North Korean refugee who walked from North Korea with her family. She was like, you know, a child, like six, seven years old. I don't know exactly the age. And they, you know, walked through the forest at night and they were more afraid of being captured by the Japanese than they were the North Koreans. And and when Biff and I talked about that, he's like, yeah, we were awful to them. So when the tsunami happened, my mom in law did say something like, good. And my wife just like, mom. Those are children. And and what happened to you sucked 65 years ago. And I'm sorry, but nobody, if, you know, it's like, you know, you think about what's, what the, what's the median age in, in Japan. Like, let's say that, you know, it's 75, 80 years old. There was nobody who were awful to you. <laughs> you know, you know, what happened to you? None of those people are alive or around. And, and then my mom-in-law, she felt bad, but she did. She, she inflectively at first was like, you know, it's like, oh yeah. Um, but, you know, we, we had talked about that. Uh, the Gilbert Gottfried thing, this was the birth of Twitter. Twitter was kind of a new thing. Yeah, yeah, that's right, huh? And, yeah. and he, he was the first, and we're going to get into it a little bit, he was the first of the cancel culture. He was the Aflac duck, and it was like a yep. high-paying yep. job doing nothing. He had, which, and you know, hysterically awful jokes, like, you know, in that... Anthony Jesselneck, the right, right, right. you know the Mel Brooks making fun of the Holocaust type, not making fun of the Holocaust, but make, but he did. He had some jokes, and Affleck is a Japanese company, and they're like, yeah, um, we 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 don't find it as funny as you do, and you're done. I didn't know Affleck was Japanese. Interesting. It's either so, Japanese or yeah. it's like it's a national conglomerate who does okay. a shitload of work there. Oh, that's possible, and, I guess. And yeah. they're like, but either way, I think he was the first person yeah. to get fired. Literally, he might be the first person to get fired. The cancel pioneer. <laughs> you know, guy who, you know, he 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 really is. Um, so uh, you might know about these things. I, you know, I don't want to get too my, – my little guy loves this YouTuber called Mr. Beast. And he is a fascinating guy. He's like early 20s. He's – his whole thing is giving shit away and he ha- he gives cars away he gives houses away i mean it's all philanthropy but but it's fun kind of stuff i mean i'm not you know look up mr beast he has really funny videos he has great content started as a youtuber when he was like 14 or 15 doing the silly things like counting to 300,000 just sitting there counting to 300,000 right. he counted to a million at once you know little but but his as his following grew he got more and more well he's now an entrepreneur and he has actual burger stands around the country and it's okay. grown exponentially i'm like wow how can that be possible so management dragged us to the other side of state to do a dog rescue thing a couple weeks ago and I'm on my phone and I see on Twitter it's like oh more Mr. Beast burgers here's the map there was one a mile away from where we were it's an hour away from where we live but we were just a mile away I don't tell the little guy I'm gonna have it be a huge fucking surprise management gets in the car we drive over there and there's nothing there you know, it's like that girl in high school called me and said, come on over. No one's home. I went over. No one was home. Thank you, Rodney, <laughs> Rodney Day. Ne- never miss an Classic. opportunity if you're Rodney in there. But there's nothing there. Classic. There's like, and we're looking around, and I'm like, look at the map, and I'm showing her, and there's like an 877 number, and we call, and we get voicemail, and I'm so glad I didn't tell him about it. So I put on Twitter the next day. I'm like, hey, you know, Mr. Beast, it's like, 
what's up? Here's your app. I download the app. I went here. There's nothing there. And, you know, what the hell, man? You you crush the soul of a 10-year-old follow of yours. <laughs> and, of course, some person is like, oh, dude, well, that's a ghost kitchen. and Blah, blah, blah. And you should know these things. It's like, yeah, I'm 51. Uh, what the fuck is it going? Like, if Casper's opened a chain of restaurants, dude, I'm, I'm even more into it. Do you know what a fucking ghost kitchen is? I mean, it's, it's just like one of those another ghost whatever thing. So, like you, like Mr. Beast will make yeah. a deal locally yeah. with an Applebee's. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so, but here's the thing. So, I just found there's another one maybe 10 miles from us. So, I'm like, oh, okay. And so, it was explained to me you have to, you know, it's inside right. a different restaurant. They, right, right. They use their kitchen, they double up, yeah. you know, but they put your shit instead of in the Applebee's bag right. in the Mr. Yeah. Beast bag. Instead of their fries going in their fry holder, they put in a Mr. Beast fry holder, or, you know, a fry container. Yeah. So, I drive over. And I, I walked in, and I'm like, are you guys a ghost kitchen for Mr. Beast? And the woman's like, yes, we are. I'm like, oh, great, my son. I didn't tell him again. I, I know not to right. tell him, and he gets excited, and they get <laughs> right. locked down. I'm like, oh, how can I order? Do you guys have a different menu so I can order? It's like, oh, you have to order online, and it has yeah. to be delivered by DoorDash or Uber yeah. Eats. I'm like, wait. Yeah. So I just drove all the way here. <laughs> so, you know, yep. this is the second time I went to a place, yeah. and they're yeah. like, I'm like, well, can I sit in the parking lot? So I have to call Uber, pay them, tip the guy, and you won't reach back there and just put the fucking, because all he can eat is the fries. Yeah, yeah, and he just yeah. wants the sticker that it comes with that says yeah, Mr. Beast. And I'm like, right, yeah. oh. Yeah, so I think the same thing uh, happened with, uh, with um, do you know uh, Do you know what movie burgers are? No. Do I? Movie burgers are a fictional burger chain that appeared in the Kevin Smith franchises. Oh, okay. 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 So, um, but they had a movie pop-up, which I think worked the same way. So, you you know, essentially you have to go through DoorDash, you have to order through DoorDash and all that stuff. So, yeah. So if I want to get a $3 order of fries for my kid, it, it cost about 30 bucks because that's Except how far for the away. fact that so what it is is that they tended to be not cheap to start with i think so that was the part no, part of it but, I, I'll, yeah. I'll i'll pay six dollars for the fries just so he can get the sticker and stuff yeah. but uh but you know okay moving on biff i really want to say i really don't give a fuck about the world family I really don't give a fuck about the Oprah interview. Having said that, oh my God, I really give a fuck about the Oprah interview, and I didn't think I would, but when management called me upstairs to watch, I'm like, I got shit to do. Well, just watch this part with me. An hour later, I'm like, holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, and you know, so I, I, I've genuinely felt bad for Meghan Markle for several years, just because, you know, it's like, you know, people are quick to say, well, you know, she's in a position of privilege, she's rich. And all of that may be true, but it is clear that she was, you know, she was basically being, you know, tortured in that position. And it was kind of weird because the, I, I felt like I was watching one of these older Japanese dramas that my mom used to watch where the central character is the, the, uh, the, you know, the woman that marries into a family and everybody, you know, for whatever reason, she's not good enough for the family. And everybody essentially gangs up on her to make her life miserable. I'm thinking, I've actually seen this storyline like over and over and over and over again. Uh, did you see Crazy Rich Asians? I have not. That, that, and and, and yeah. I saw like 
two thirds of it, like less than half of it, maybe something like that. Because yeah. management loves it, and she played, and yeah, that's I, that's a storyline. Meaning to watch, it, but I haven't watched the squad. But but so, you just yeah. describe. You don't have to. You've already yeah. seen it. That's a storyline. Yeah. Like like, yeah. and the woman's like a college professor, but you know she wasn't comes from my, anyway. So the thing is, first of all, it's a little nice to know that Americans don't have a monopoly on being racist pieces of shit. So so that's that's a. Well, just, 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 you know, without picking on, you know, the country, you know, in play here, you know, apartheid is a South African thing. So well, I will say, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying you that, know. you know, but, but they literally planted the seed here for the assholeness, um, which, which uh, I think Christopher first Titus said that was funny. No, um, management cares about this shit. Management, you know, was a big Princess Di fan. She loves her, her whole thing is Duran Duran. And that was Princess Di's biggest thing like her, her favorite band was Duran Duran like and so her sons like have had them at Wembley and they've hosted different things with them so she, she really likes it she likes the whole monarchy system all these things and uh what's interesting before all this happened she knew so much about the fact that here is the here is the monarchy but here is it's called the firm which runs a monarchy right. Like, right, like, right. like, like, and, and, and even if the queen wants to do X, Y, and C, well, we know she's a figurehead, so she can't do things politically. But if she wanted to do other things, like, you know, stripping the titles away, first of all, the Oprah interview, amazing. But, and I uh, give credit where credit's due. I'm not a huge James Gordon fan, but he interviewed Harry the week before. Uh -huh. And it was, dude, go, please go back and watch it. It's a 20 minute thing. It was the funniest celebrity interview I've seen a late night person. He drove all around LA on a double decker bus uh -huh. right, with him. Right, right, right. Harry seems like a guy we, you would just hang out with. Oh, honestly, yeah. he, he 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 reminds me a little bit of our friend, All Star yeah. Tommy. Listen, yeah, at, at the core, right? You know, Harry is still Diana's son, right? So yeah, I mean, but but yeah. like he's he's quiet, but yeah. everything he says is funny and and smart. He yeah. is. He's like one of the like I said, like a, a yeah. bit like all star. So I love the James Gordon thing. But then going back a step, it was a year or so ago that management one day was almost in tears, and she hands me her phone and she's reading a BuzzFeed article, and it's now become a famous BuzzFeed article. Right. BuzzFeed took there was two or three of the tabloids. That yeah. that somebody did a side by side comparison uh, over a year. Okay, yeah. so 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 you know um, William's wife is standing wearing this Kate sleeve. Middleton, yeah. Kate Middleton right, yeah. is holding yeah. her belly in a certain way, wearing a sleeveless shirt, yeah. and it's like, oh, looking the loving you know mom to be cradling her baby, and she you can tell how much she loves it, and it's not even born yet. Almost the same kind of dress, sleeveless dress, from the same angle, and here's. You know, her holding it, and it's like, oh, look at her showing off that, you know, like her half-breed child-to-be. It's like, oh, it's like the the most, the, the, the next level of awfulness that you're like, and it wasn't one article. And then you, it, you find out that, like, the monarchy and the firm, the firm hosts all the tabloids once a year, you know, have a big party at Windsor Castle. Like, the, you know, the whole, when we found out a couple of years ago about the catch, and, the catch and Kill program that the guy who owns the, um, oh, the Inquirer has. You know, like he, he would buy out stories, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and, and bury them. Dude, you don't hear a lot about the Epstein monarch, you know, thing. I mean, that's pretty much been squashed over there. Right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah. Well, yeah. So I think in that sense, though, like, uh, um, 
you know, I'm I'm hoping that the Pierce Morgan event, you know, is kind of the the trend now where you know what, you know, that people are done with this BS, right? I don't have you, did you see did you see that? Oh, Pierce you could you, even if you didn't right? want to, you uh, could right? not see it. I mean, and you watch that thing and say, you know what? I mean, look, here's a here's a reasonable guy that says, you know what, you know, we're done with your you know with your your you know your garbage, right? You, with your venom and, and all of your spewing, you know, we're done with it. And essentially, you know, there's the door. Um, now either, and I don't know, I, I'm sure you've seen this by now, either Oprah is so much a better actress than I've given her credit for, or she was completely deer in the headlights, legitimately speechless when the conversation turned to, yeah, we were asked what we think, how how dark we think the baby was going to be. I I mean I I I I took that as hundred percent genuine because like because that was the reaction in my head and it's like it's like I'm like you know it's it's like that what you know dude, you know dude, well I mean you you and your wife probably had the same conversation mine and my wife did when your son was about to be born you were probably like oh. I wonder because because you know you're Asian, your wife is white. You know it's like you know your your wife and I are like you know, you know probably the third cousins. It's like we're both crazy white. You know my my wife is like you know half Asian, but it's like yeah. I mean the, we have those conversations, but not in a oh I hope his eyes aren't fucked up kind of way. You know <laughs> which it seems. And look, we know they went out of their way to say it wasn't the queen, it wasn't the queen, it wasn't the queen, it wasn't the queen. Well, you know who who could it have been? Who could have Did been? You see that little Conan Conan thing? Yes, yeah. that was pretty good, dude. It, it's pretty great, but no, I mean, I I I want to sit here and say, dude, I could give two shits, and I want I I legitimately want to say that, but no, I thought it was you know I liked the James Gordon interview, which I, I highly recommend, but that Oprah thing was like it's it, it's soul crushing, and when you hear her say, "Yeah, I had suicidal thoughts," and I'm like, "I need to go get help," and they're like, "Yeah, we really understand that, but um, it doesn't look good, so hope it all works out for you." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything about it was just, and you know, I think she um, she understood it was damaging, and I think you know, and certainly Megan was Megan Markle was very. Um, uh, you know, uh, she did specifically, you know, not name names and you know stuff like that, right? So, but but you know, ultimately in the end, I mean, I don't know how you can just you know not look bad, you know, doing this. And and I know that people are thinking that you know, um, you know, she has ulterior motives. And you know, and I I certainly can't you know read her mind or anything, but. Listen, I just feel like it just seems like she just went through so much. And, you know, she just, you know, she just needed, you know, to come out. Well, you know, I was explaining first, you know, I was explaining this to the wife and you will get this. The visceral, the the villagery that, that Janet Jones went through marrying Wayne Gretzky and then Wayne yeah. Gretzky getting traded. And my wife likes sports documentaries and sports movies, doesn't like sports. But I'm like, you got to watch a King's Ransom. And in Canada, like, you know, you know, a senator in Canada tried to rush through a bill that says Gretzky can only be traded to another Canadian team. But the fact that she was an actress and he got traded to L.A., they were like, she did this. She's pulling him away. She's destroying the greatest franchise. Well, she, in she, was, she was she was she was. 
the NHL's Yoko Ono for a while. Right. And right, and yeah. so, you know, and the thing is when you find out about, you know, she gave up her acting career and, and to do this, you know, uh, first of all, let's not let's not make sure that all the bullshit in this situation isn't thrown on that side of the pond. It turns out her dad is a real festering piece of crap as well. (laughs) (laughs) True, true, right. You know, another stupid... But also, also, I mean, you know, there's that and he also can't keep his mouth shut, right? He goes on a show the other day and, and management, you know, you know, showed me this clip. He goes, and we're talking about Megan Markle's dad. We're not dad. talking about Janet Gretzky's yeah, dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Janet Gretzky's dad. What a pe- no. Uh, but but Markle's dad went on a show and was like, yeah, she won't contact me. I'm giving her 30 days to contact me or I'm going to go on another show. It's like, dude, that's called extortion. That's called blackmail. That's called stalking. It's called... I, you know, it's like when 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 a gun person says, "If you know, I'll go shoot up a school if they try to take away my guns." Well, you're just proved why we need. To, you know, if you're going on a show and saying shit like that, you just made the greatest case in the world why she should never contact you. No, but it's funny because after the James Corden thing, I was listening to you know one one of the morning political shows I listened to, and they were doing the man on the street interviews, and. It was like two-thirds, three-quarters in favor of Harry doing it. But there were some people saying, oh, he, when he left, he said he wanted to have a more private life. And he wanted blah, blah, blah. And now he makes this deal with Netflix. He makes this deal with Spotify and blah, blah, blah. And it, then it turns out, yeah, when when you say he was cut off, cut off, I didn't know this. When he came here, uh, um, uh, Tyler Perry gave him a house to stay in and security because it took a while for Harry to get access to the money his mom left. The monarchy 100% cut him off. So they had her money for being an actress. They weren't destitute, but they don't have round-the-clock security like a royal actually needs. You know, her mom had, his mom had round-the-clock security. Um, How do do things work out for her? I I, I, I forget. (sighs) Um, So so when you hear, it's like, yeah, and, and he was very honest. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I it was expecting X, Y, and Z, but I didn't think that would happen. So, yeah, we made these deals to kind of, you know, it wasn't her. It, it was portrayed as like she was going to go back to acting and she was pulling him away. It's like, dude, they need full time. Anyways, it was it was fascinating more than I thought. Yeah. Another thing that's fascinating, Biff, is the flu a thing of the past? Have you seen the flu numbers? And I'm serious. Well, yeah. So the num- numbers are great, but you know, and there's a lot of. I'm sure there's a lot of factors, and people who are much more smarter than me can tell you what's kind of going on. But it, it you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I guess the, I, I guess the thing that um, is this. I think there's a definitely a cultural thing where I think people are so eager to take the masks off in this country right and it's it's kind of always been that way so and i'm not saying that either you know anybody's right or wrong but you know one of the things that i've kind of you know this is just strictly my observation but um it it seems like in this country there's a lot of thought process going into you know when do i need to have my mask off you know can i take my mask off if or you know you know, there's like I think there's so much thought process in terms of figuring out when they could take the mask off, versus like you know, you know the thought process in you know, and I can only speak for Japan, but maybe you know certainly the masking is very prevalent in other Asian countries also. It's like people are just like you know what, 
just like just leave the mask on. It's, it's like, yeah, it's a fluid thing in Japan. Uh, oh, the flu. You're talking about the flu flu, though. I'm, no, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I actually meant the flu flu. Like, seeing the numbers that have yeah. come crashing down of the flu. So, no, I wasn't making a derogatory, right, right. you know, no, no, no. that. But so I think I think that one was ex- explained, right? I mean, it's not going to be dead, right? It's dormant, right? And there, the flu does exist, right? Um, but I think several things have happened. I mean, certainly, like, because, because people aren't interacting with each other, right? They don't spread the way they do, right? And so you're going to have down numbers from flu because that's not the thing that's causing, you know, a lot of the respiratory problems, right? Something else has kind of taken over. But I don't think flu is going to be gone. But, right? yeah, but when you're talking, when you're seeing, like, COVID numbers, A, but when you're seeing the flu numbers, it's like, huh. Somebody explain to me again how masks don't work because uh, there's here's another reason why, you know, another benefit of having worn them. Uh, Speaking of cultural stuff, segueing nicely into, uh, you know, the Japan stuff we usually talk about tomorrow. No, yesterday. Sorry. This drops on Monday. My son, my oldest son, who's kind of getting into cooking a little bit, is taking an online class. Let me see if I can get this right. He is going to be making moichi, moichai, mochi? Japanese mochi? ice cream. Okay, so am I saying it right? Is mochi is the Japanese rice cake, but there is a thing called the mochi ice cream where you put the ice cream in the middle of this rice cake. And the, typically, what happens is, is that you could flavor the rice cakes if you want to, but then you, know, you get different flavors of ice cream inside of this mochi. But it gives us kind of this chewy outer texture, and then you get the ice cream in the middle um yeah but they're going to the korean store tomorrow h mart it's called i don't know if you yep. guys have h marts there but he's going yeah, to h mart is an institution dude he's going to the h mart to get the ingredients with his mom so he can take this online class on uh yesterday so you know so oh, yes. a little, little yeah, culture a story yeah, funny story you called it a japanese thing uh mochi ice cream invented in los angeles really yeah, there's a place called Mikawaya in downtown LA, and that's the birthplace of the mochi ice cream. Well, it was sold to me by management that makes sure that Biff knows he's taking an online cooking class that he had to sign up for, and they're getting the ingredients tomorrow because he's making this, you know, Japanese yeah, I'm from dessert. Los Angeles, so, it's pertinent. So know? yeah, close, look, like you know, there uh, there are some parts of Los Angeles you could make the argument you are in Japan. <laughs> Maybe. Am I am I wrong? Maybe. Uh, so 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 what is happening on the other side of the other pond these days? The other side of the other pond. Because over here, we're when we say to... the other side of the pond, we're talking England, right? Going across right. the Atlantic. Well, so you know, so obviously, you know, we're you know, we are talking, you know. So once once again, I did mention that this was a somber week, but you know, like even in somber weeks, you know, crimes continue to happen. So I don't know if you got a chance to see my uh, this week in crime. Uh, uh, a video footage and obviously you couldn't understand a single word that they were saying but you probably saw some like gooey stuff on like kids slides at a uh, at a park and you, and on like um on faucets and plumbing and stuff like that so it turns out that somebody went in and vandalized a park where they made certain you know parts of the park unusable because like they, you couldn't use the urinals anymore because somebody stuffed some like you know like what looked like glue 
so that you know you couldn't you know flush it and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean this is a this is a serious crime, you know, and po the police are looking into it. So you know they are hoping that they do find the perpetrators because you know the weird thing about Japan is that people kind of tend to get caught a lot and which is kind of strange because you keep telling me that we all look the same and yet <laughs> i i've never yeah, they seem to be able to figure out who the criminals are i've never said that on this podcast intentionally <laughs> have i yeah. said it um now a couple questions because i yeah. couldn't read it are we yeah. sure that wasn't a japanese reboot of ghostbusters and that was just slimer yeah, there's that. Yeah. Okay. No, there's not that. Um, next question. I, I, I've i seen over the last yeah. year during quarantine right. a lot of British TV, a lot of comedies, a lot of dramas. Okay. It seems like every crime in England is is solved by closed circuit television, like security cameras of this store or this apartment that you can see the guy across the street or you can see the reflection in the window. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is Japan... Yeah, that's definitely true there, too. Yeah, there's a lot of that, you know, the security cameras, um, you know, like, you know, we talked about the, you know, the, the genius guy that, you know, that uh, uh, held up a, a convenience store that is built into the building where he lives. Well, he appeared in the security camera leaving his own building to, you know, to get to that, you know. So, yeah, so certainly the security cameras uh, are, are doing a lot. Um, and, and, you know, and when you see a crime like that, it's like, okay, why are you fucking up a park? Like, like, you know, do you not get a balloon as a kid and now you're going back and making sure that other people don't, I mean, wh what's the upside to fucking up a kid's slide? Well, yeah. I mean, so one of the things that is happening, I, I, and I think this might, this, I, it's, I think it's possible. This is one of the cases, but, uh, just like every other country, I think there's just been surge in, you know, mental health issues and, you know, it could just well be. You know, you know somebody who it just basically just needs help, and this you know they they're just you know I mean doing this. I mean, um, I didn't report uh, this was a little bit before the podcast, but I mean I've even seen like there's been some wacky crimes this year. The the wackiest one being this guy basically intentionally stabbed this um, person working at a, at a police station. Because he thought that if he got arrested and was sent to jail, then his dad doesn't have to worry about essentially paying to, you know, and basically, you know, to feed him and house him and stuff like that. And this was like a 60 year old guy who's being essentially, you know, uh, you know, held together by an 80 year old dad kind of a thing. Oh, oh, that's right. that is hard. So his solution was, you know, if I go to prison, I'll have housing and then I'll have food. And and my dad says, "Oh man, uh, that's a tough one." Uh, yeah. On a on a on a positive note, did you see President Biden's talk last Thursday? Uh, the I did not. So it was it was it was it was really nice for a president to stand there and say, "I'm giving it to you straight." You know, it's like when I was on the campaign trail, a woman just it's like. This is where we are. You know, we, a historical bill was passed last week. I'm not getting into the politics of no. that. You know, it, it was 100% literally passed by one party. One party, not one person voted. And it, are there bloated things in there? Yeah. Is there any such thing as a perfect bill? No. The majority of the bill puts money in people's pockets, money for the vaccine, money, you know, we want to open the schools. We want to open the schools. Well, this is what we need to do it. And here's the money yep. to do it type thing. Yeah. Um, but it was nice that he was like, we're not out of the woods. And, and for him to say, I need help. I need yep. everybody's help. You know, not taking 
a, a really big victory lap, but saying we're getting there, but we're not there. It's, and, and he said, yeah, I said 100, vaccine, 100 million vaccines in 100 days. We're going to beat that, and that's great, but it doesn't mean we're there. We still yeah. need to do this. And it, was, it wasn't a begging, pleading. It was a very honest. And now it's interesting to hear political analysts and to hear him say it himself, when the ACA was passed, you know, one of the things that Barack Obama did not want to do is not go on a victory lap, but just because the bill passed doesn't mean you still have to not sell it. And right. and and he he I guess you know Joe Biden he said, look, great, we passed this bill. Now we got to move on to the next thing. Like like let's this is one problem that we got yep. to a good place. Let's tackle the next giant. Let's go after. It. And instead of saying, you know, hey. It passed, but people don't understand really what this is and why it is. Let's get out there. And so, you know, by, you know, you know, Dr. Jill Biden, Joe Biden, you know, Kamala. And it's uh, the is it the first husband, or the second gentleman? What is the term for her husband? Right, right. Yeah. They're all the first first gentleman. Right. They're all going yeah. to to do a tours and, and yeah. they're going to go to places and say, this is why we did it. And this is how it helps you. And this is, you know, because they do. There's a lot more things to be done. But it is sad that it couldn't be at all, even the slightest bit, not one bit of bipartisanism. And at the end of the day, you know, um, the checks well, are going to go I, out. And going back to that, I think I think that if you go back to the, you know, the stimulus bills that were passed, you know, by the previous administration, they were bipartisan, you know, you know. Right. Uh, Right. right. And, and so, the, and, you know, and, so in and, that sense, that's where it's kind of, you know. And what's that, funny is it's one point nine trillion. And we talked about this last time. It's one point nine trillion, which is the exact number of the tax cut that they gave three years ago to the top one percent. And so it's the same number. It's app. You know, it's different things. Uh, on the other hand, look, it passed. I'm really glad there's more things. I'm glad they're going out of the road. I'm also glad to hear. And again, not going too down to the rabbit hole that Michael Cohen is one more interview with the Southern District of New York's DA's office before he gets another uh, a free sandwich because he has seven holes punched in his sandwich card. Um, he needs one more to get the free sandwich. This is the last week was the seventh time that he's voluntarily gone in and sat down with them. And I don't think they were talking as much about the Oprah interview as you and I did when Michael Cohen went in there. Well, you know, you, you you know, obviously these things, you know, these legal proceedings, you don't know what they're talking about. So we don't know the ramification of the, you know, um, you know, the Oprah interview or the, you know, <laughs> and, that, you know, and it's a really kind of a, you know, the, the connection between the, the, that couple and the Prince Andrew. And, oh, never mind. Never no, mind. no. But what's interesting, you know, is, is that all, you know, we were talking the cancel culture earlier with, uh, you know, giving credit where credit's due. Um, uh, hat a tip of the hat to Gilbert Godfrey ten years ago for starting the cancel culture, but it's funny because last week the whole Dr. Seuss thing, and the funny thing is two interesting points you know that's been pointed out. One, the right wing media's who talk about Dr. Seuss being canceled don't show the images. They're like, oh, they canceled it because of this overtly racist, you know, story or these pictures in it. And they keep saying things like, oh, he's canceling Dr. Seuss. And they keep, you know, one center was like, took 
took an hour or whatever it was to read Green Eggs and Ham. Fun fact, Green Eggs and Ham is not one of the six books that the copyright holder said, you know what, we're, we don't feel comfortable with this, so we're going to pull these six. Here's the other hundred Dr. Seuss <laughs> books that are out there. Uh, same right. thing. It's like, they canceled the Muppets. There was an episode where Johnny Cash was on, and there's a Confederate flag in the background. So instead of taking the episode off rotation, instead of blurring out the flag, the Confederate flag, they're like, hey, heads up. There's something that, you know, might be offensive to some people. They aired it. They didn't cancel the Muppets. Yeah. You know, uh, you can't kill Kermit the Frog because, A, he's a badass, and, two, he's not real. But, um, but you know, and what was the other thing? The whole potato head thing. is like, dude, that's what they, the other side's talking about, which makes me so happy because they've given Biden the name No Drama Biden, which was the name for Obama. No, no, no drama Obama. And isn't it nice that 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 is what is upsetting? You know, <laughs> you know that it, it, it is. Uh, it's more comical than anything. Um, but I didn't. I didn't know. Did, 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 you know? We, we got the war on Christmas. We got potato heads. Is there anything else you know that's getting canceled this week? Uh, you know, I'm not keeping up with that well enough, apparently. So, <laughs> um, so this brings us up to the highlight of my week, uh, the highlight of every podcast. No offense, Biff, uh, but uh, I'm taken. You know, and this one, I actually, I actually was going through some stuff the other day. I'm like, oh, I wonder what episode that was on. This is from episode 78, way, way back in uh, December 10th of 1988, where uh, Joe does his Jimmy Stewart reading the the lyrics for a Dan Cray song that I love called Fire and oh, right, right. Yep. <laughs> So, So uh, with that Excellent said, you no, know, thank choice. you. And, and, and here is your self-indulgent theater. And thank you, Joe. And now, on to sports. Uh, Biff and I were on a text change with a couple friends the other day, and we started talking about some of our favorite sports cards. Um, you know, let's yeah. take – before we get into that, our beloved mentor uh, – well, how, how do you describe Paul Laguan in a couple words? You know, he, he is – he is the godfather of Southern California recreational hockey. It is one of his many, many yeah. monikers. But Biff, there's a very small, there's hundreds of people that play hockey with him and, and, and you know, several dozen. I mean, several, several dozen on a weekly basis. But there's only a few, you know, Taylor, you, right. myself, that were... That Paul thought about us on a weekly basis as much as we thought about him because I don't ever remember coming to a rank right. without getting my weekly ration of sports of, of, cards. Of the cards, right? And you know, sir, and you know, the you know the best ones were the ones that were autographed. <laughs> you know, those autographed you know hockey cards. You know, now it had the player's name on it. You know, authenticity, mm, not not 100% sure, but yeah. What were some of the what were some of the awesome cards that we talked about this week that we that, that I'll post this week on Twitter? Yeah, so how did how did that start? All, all I know is that, you know, we talked all I know it, it it started with um uh, something post about Keith Olbermann, you know, you know, 
pontificating about how the Eric Lindros Fleer card is yes. the best hockey card ever. And it's like, yeah, it's not even close. You not know? even close. Not even close. And obviously, the, you know, the one that I brought up is one of my favorites of all time, which is the 1971-72 Rogi Vashon hockey card. Uh, same card on Thompson OPG. And what was important about that year is that that was the year where Rogi, essentially after Ken Dryden's um, playoff success uh, in Montreal, he's, you know, he kind of, you know, saw the writing on the wall. I think he actually asked for the trade. And so he ended up in Montreal, uh, from Montreal to uh, Los Angeles. Now, you know, for the kids out there back in 1971 and 72, um, the whole concept of Photoshop was, you know, that Photoshop did not exist. Um, in fact, um, computer graphics didn't exist. I mean, computers computer, didn't exist outside of sci-fi they, movies. Well, they existed, but they were they were a completely different animal. They were they had they were made with a bunch of magnetic donuts, and I'm not going to get into that. But so anyway, so what they did was they had Rogi Vashon's face, but they didn't have Rogi Vashon in a king's uniform. So it it kind of looked like they slapped Rogi Vashon's face onto the body of another LA King player, or it could be anybody. I'm not, you know, it could be anybody, but certainly the, you know, I don't remember Rogi's uh, chest being that hairy. Dude, so that's all I'm saying. It, it looked it, it's akin to the old movie. Uh, ransom letters where people would cut out different letters from different magazines to You're spell right, out right, words. Right. Yeah. Um, and then our conversation, I, I, I don't know. Did I bring it up? The fuck face. The well, so uh, I no. I what I said was that. So so I said that the Rogi Vashon is the um, is the greatest hockey card. But there's a lot of those kinds of cards. But among baseball cards, no contest. The Billy Ripken, you know, uh, fuckface card is the greatest baseball card ever. Now, Bob Uecker used to do things like um, pose, like, with the wrong glove on it. If his card right, was going right. to be him catching, he would catch with the wrong hand. Or right, right, right. Hysterical. No. There's no close second to the 81 fuckface, 83 fuckface. I, I, I don't remember the, yeah, I don't remember the year, but, you know, it was from the 80s, right? So uh, just, just in the whole story, and his dad was the manager. Oh, that was just, that was just awesome. Uh, so moving, moving on in sports, Biff, I, I put it on the rundown, and, and you will be the first to see this. You are the first human being to see this. I'm officially, I'm an officially an old school hockey guy now. Because I got these today. Oh, my God. Yep. I, 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 I finally got my, my fake that, teeth. My, my, that looks uh, kind of uh, gross. Yeah, uh, so, okay, hold, that, hold, that, hold that up again. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the tops and the bottoms. And, and you, you can see. So the, the, okay. the, the teeth I have in front, because about two-thirds of my teeth aren't my teeth. Okay. You know, you can only tell people... You know, the size of Kirtland Ash to go fuck himself <laughs> in a junior game in 1987 without, uh, you know, losing a couple chicklets. And, yeah, you know, okay. pucks of the fit. You know the style of hockey I played, you know, and, and the kind of dick I am. Is that co- it's actually called a style? Okay. <laughs> you know, an irritating, like, little prick, I guess. Is, is, right. you know. And, and you know, my junior coach said um, he never saw somebody break more knuckles with his forehead than me. Um, you know, I remember literally, uh, you know, I had a coach tell me once, it's like, man, you fucking can really take a punch. And he wasn't being funny. It's like, you know, I, you know, I'm a weeble wobble, but you couldn't knock down. 
So over the last couple of years, it's like, you know, I, I, uh, I sprung for the porcelain, like, you know, crowns in, in the front. But the, like I have like I'm, a, I'm basically a jack-o'-lantern. Right. And so the ones in the back and on the side, I'm like, fuck, I, I've been chewing around it for like 10 years. But finally, like over like the last year, I'm like, OK, I'll have these teeth fixed and you know i'll have this part of the grill fixed in the front but i'm not going to worry about the back and the and the and the dentures are like well why don't we just make these for you anyways but i now officially have you know and, and i when i management hasn't even seen congratulations those. happy anniversary <laughs> you know so so i'm an official old old school hockey guy now um you know, I'm not even going to do any Patriot talk. I didn't even know that Cam Newton resigned until Biff told me just before the podcast. But I will. I, I like I like the signings. I know? will I mean, say, yeah, no. I mean, who else are you going to get? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think bottom line is that what it does say is that uh, you know they don't feel like they have the quarterback of their future in their stable at this point. I think. Right. Or if they if there is one, you know, well, certainly not going to be ready. You know, it's yeah. it's it's. Okay, I'm only going to say this when we're moving on from the Patriots. It's more, there's, there's nobody to throw to right now. So if you go out and get one of these, you know, high-priced 20 $30 million quarterbacks, and there's a couple out there, it's the same reason that it wasn't worth keeping Brady. Not because Brady yeah. isn't great. It's like if Brady is throwing to a 34-year-old banged-up Julian Edelman in Biff, it's not going to really move the needle. And so Cam signing, you know, on the cheap, on the cheap as far as, you know, quarterbacks quarterback, go. You know, yeah. he's not top 10. I don't think he's bottom 10. He's, you know, right kind of in the middle, kind of the lower part of the middle. But right, I actually, I, I actually liked his play last year, except for the fact that, you know, he got hurt and he was hurt. So, but, you know. But there was, honestly, there was three or four games, at least three games, where the Patriots are going to win this game where he – Honestly, yeah. they're in field goal range. They're down by two. He tries to make an extra juke, yep. gets yeah. the ball knocked away, fumble, recover the other team in the lows. So it was like three games. You could make an argument for a fourth. But anyway, so that's interesting. But I do want to talk a little bit about a few years ago. I've never been a huge Ovechkin fan because even in, even in Paul's pickup, the guys who come out and just want to score the goals and just want to score the pretty goals, there's a half a dozen guys you know, Scotty Black, you know, even, you know, John, if, if John wanted to go up and down the ice two or three times a night, three or four times a night, he's going to score one or two goals. Like, like literally, if he says, I'm going to 10 times take it from behind my net down the other end, two or three times, he's going to be successful one or two times. And that's how I've always looked at Ovechkin. Scotty Black's an asshole? It compl- oh, gosh. You didn't, you didn't finish that sentence. No. Yeah. No. Do I have to? Do I no. do I really have to? Um, but no, you know. So Ovechkin, the year, and I said this: the year that he was the leading goal scorer, but uh-huh. one one minus away from leading the league in plus minus. He was he had the second worst yeah. plus minus, you know, in the league in the whole league. And I said this, and this was like five six years ago, and people thought I was crazy, and I still stand by it, flat out, side by side. If I could have Brad Marchant. Or Ovechkin, every single day of the week, I'm taking Marchant. And and I think, honestly, Ovechkin is going to score the prettiest goals every year. He's going to score 40 goals every year. He's an amazing goal scorer. You know, he's rounded out his game over the last couple of years. But, you know. Uh, well, let, let me first stop. Go ahead. First, 
first I'll start by correcting you because the prettiest score goals are going to be scored by Austin Matthews from yes, yes. your Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, thank you. Um, no, but all kidding aside, I think I think the issue with Ovechkin and it really may, and not it's not um um so Ovechkin is a very different animal than a guy like let's say another one of your favorites and I don't know why you dislike this guy but Sidney Crosby. Like Sidney Crosby is a different animal than Ovechkin. And I think Ovechkin is a great player, but I think in some ways he needed more coaching than Sidney Crosby does. And when I say that, I would agree with trading um, Alex Ovechkin, who coached by whomever it was, was coaching in those earlier days with Brad Marchand versus, uh, so that I would agree with. But if you told me, would I ever trade Alex Ovechkin, coached by Barry Trotz with Brad Marchand? I will say not in a gazillion years. You know, okay. There is, I think, I think that is the thing, and and I'm not trying to knock Ovechkin, right? I'm I'm just trying to say that he is a certain type of player, and he is a talented player, and there are things that Ovechkin does and can do, right? that like a lot of other players can't do. I mean, everybody knows what he's going to do. Why does he keep scoring? Oh, uh, look, I, I I already said it. There are some guys who we play hockey with, you know, who are just great goal scorers, just absolutely great goal scorers. But if you're playing, you know, and granted, you pay you 27 bucks, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You know, that's a copyright quote from John. But yeah. if you're playing in a league or something like that, you know, the guys who score three goals, drive home thinking they fucking killed it and the team lost seven to three or seven to four and they had a minus six. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I, I don't I think mean, I, so I think what I messed I, what up I, what I will say is that you know Ovechkin isn't a goal scorer because you know he is this you know he's this selfish guy. I think he, he is a guy that actually wants to win. And if you watch him interact with his teammates, he deeply cares about his teammates and he loves his teammates. I think that there's been some, you know, character assassinations by, you know, a media that continuously is very negative towards Russian players. Still. I don't know why. St- no, I mean, I don't know why I watch the, but Russians. I mean, I, yeah, I actually, I actually think that, you know, this is not an issue with, you know, Ovechkin per se, as much as, you know, the way they, the, the teams tried to win. And, you know, and so like, once again, look, Barry Trotz came in and told Ovechkin, listen, you know, you do you when you're on offense, but when you're on defense, you know, you need to do what I ask you to do. And, oh, guess, hey, did anything good happen when Barry Trotz was coaching Alex Ovechkin? Anything good happen? Sure. No, look, but, but you know, at the same time. And this is why you are once again wrong. This is you what... do not trade Barmash Marchand for the greatest score, goal scorer in this, you know, in the modern era. Yeah. Okay, this is we'll we'll agree to disagree because while you're saying he didn't get certain coaching at certain times, look at how first how well rounded Brad is, you know, and and he he's really toned it down from being the you know the he was one of those guys who was a had all the potential was on the cusp of being great, but then would do stupid stuff and get suspended for ten games. He's rounded out his career at the same time. How much was he held back? And I mean this, like you know. Cam Newton famously said to Claude Julian, you can't win games, nothing, nothing. You know what I mean? You can't win games. Cam Newton or Cam Neely? Cam Neely, I'm sorry. I think we're done with the Patriots. I am sorry. I apologize. But but seriously, Claude Julian had such a tight leash on Brad. Look at how much he – and granted, he was Uh, – How many Stanley Cups uh, have Claude Julian won for the Bruins? uh, Let me see. One. And how many have the – 
all of his replacements combined one for the Bruins? No, no. Look, I'm not saying that. Like, you can only win one cup. How many? How many cups has Ovechkin led his team to? One. And how many cups has Brad Marchand led his team to? One. Three. He's been to the cup finals three times. That's not leading the teams to the cup. That's leading the teams to the cup finals. Leading the teams yeah, to the no, cup. Yeah, you're right, right. But, Who but, is the guy that always bitches about what's a second place trophy? Come uh, on. You know, but, but no, but seriously, I mean, that guy in that line, what what he did last year before the lockout or before the shutdown. So look, look, it here, was pretty here, here amazing. You, go. you cannot accuse Julian of holding, you know, Brad Marchand back when. You know, when bottom line, he's the only guy among the coaching staff that has won. You know, no, no, the Bruins it, a cup in no, that no, era. No, no, I, I can, I can one hundred percent. If you got a a defensive minded first, defensive minded coach second, you know, who who who, and not saying that defense doesn't win cups. I, I liked Claude Julian as coach. I was not on the forefront of get rid of him. I'm fine watching a two to one Stanley Cup game. I'm I'm fine watching a one to nothing game. You know, but what what I'm saying is how much you know Brad has flourished. You know, outside of it and the younger players. Uh, this isn't yeah. about Claude Julian. It's about how much Brad Marchant, especially in the last four years. I don't. I don't know many so people have that better Mar- numbers. Marchand also needs to get some coaching done. No, no, I'm saying where he is now. But sir, his game, his two way game. I mean, I mean, would you rather? They're they're both amazing in five on five hockey. They're both amazing on the power play. Do you want it's a minute left in the game and your team has a guy in the box? Do you want Ovechkin on the ice or Brad? Oh yeah, I would definitely take Brad Marchand over Ovechkin in that scenario. But that that's that. But that's kind of like a you know, uh, that's kind of like a you know a mixed scenario, right? It's like, I, I guess the question is, the Bruins play the Capitals, you know, you know in, in you know in the in in a Stanley Cup uh, playoff series, you know, and if you if if the proposal is trade Marchand for Ovechkin, who's gonna say no? Me. I think the the I think the answer is the Patrice Capitals. Bergeron. You know, yeah, no, uh, I think the answer Parsonok, is the Bruins. Well, we will agree to disagree, but we won't disagree. Or agree Bottom to disagree. line is, here's, here's, here's the fundamental problem with all of your arguments. You watch exactly one team. No, that's not. You watch I, exactly one team. I've told you a million times not to exaggerate. Biff, how is that possible? Explain to me how I only watch one team. Let me rephrase that. You, you, <laughs> you watch hockey when exactly one team is on the ice. No, they, 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 I don't watch Bruins inter-squad scrimmages. Not once have yeah. I watched a Bruin inter-squad anyway, scrimmage. Bottom line is, is that, have you watched any games that did not include the Bruins this year? No. No, yeah. I have not. And when was the last time you watched a game that did not include the Bruins? What year is it? <laughs> it it's, yeah. been, it's been no, you know what? No, no, no. It's the worst of the Homer analysis. Do you do you, do you know many people? How many? How many King games did I go to that didn't involve the Bruins? Uh, in the so, in my twenty years in LA. Basically, you're saying. The last time you went to a non-Bruins, or last time you witnessed a non-Bruins hockey game was when you lived in LA. Is that what you're telling me? That's 100% what I'm telling you. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I actually might have some local news next week, um, but I, I don't know if I got the green oh, by light. By the way, before we leave the sport, a huge thing in, in, in the sport that we were just talking about, ESPN back in on hockey broadcast, 
which is going to completely change everything. Oh, no, I got bigger news. No, that's huge news. That's huge news. Ellen, oh, sorry, <laughs> my wife, management the other day says to me, I want to show you this commercial. My friend Jean did a hockey commercial. She has a friend, Jean, who she used to do Rocky Horror with. Uh -huh. uh, he's a great musician. Um, he he's, an, he's a really decent actor. He he had a cease and desist order just before he was getting to launch a one-man play about, um, oh, no, no uh, uh, oh, I'm going to edit this part out. No, 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 no. I'm going to have to edit this out. Paul Lynn. He's a huge Paul Lynn fan. So okay. she's like, you're going to love this commercial. He just did a hockey commercial. He's a coach, and he walks in a... A room. It's probably Bantams or Midgets. You Are know, you talking like, about? Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. You're talking about the one where they you're talk playing about, you know, like girls. Like, you know, Hillary Knight. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, you're playing like a bunch of girls. You and then he go and then it, you know it flips the script. That the coach is is uh is her friend. Really great guy. Yeah. So I was like, dude, that commercial came out um, on on the May first or March first, rather the first day of Women's Month. But um dude, it was great. It was really great. And it's I was great. gonna ask you, hey, did you watch the Dream Gap game? But then I realized why should I even ask you that? Because the Dream Gap game game doesn't involve the Bruins. So never mind. No, I saw the highlights and it's fantastic. It really is. But I'm glad that women's hockey is is getting I no, dude I got a life. No, I don't. Uh you know who's uh who does have a life who who not only has a life has had a life for 35 years that would be Mario Mario turned 35 this week Mario so you know March 10th is Mario day uh, uh and how did you celebrate how did Tokyo celebrate was it was, was was it a ticker tape parade was it a big 35 is um, a big number there um Mari um so they did what what happened was that because of the pandemic uh, Universal's uh, Tokyo, uh, Universal Japan, which is in Osaka, I think, uh, it, um, postponed the opening of the uh, Nintendo World portion of the amusement park. But I think they actually scheduled the opening. I think maybe beginning of next month or something like that. So the the Mario World portion, or the I'm sorry, the Nintendo World portion of uh, Universal City uh, uh, Japan is going to have the Mar Mario area now. But 30, 35 years, that's that yeah. is that is a crazy number. Um I watched WandaVision this week, the final. Loved it. Did you did you jump on? Uh, you know what? Yeah, I need to catch up with that. But you know, I'm watching hockey, so I don't get to watch other things too much. <laughs> you know. I so I won't talk about WandaVision until you get caught up. Good. But if yeah. but if All Star Tommy wants to have a chat, he can always call. <laughs> um but i you know what else I did watch this week? A shitload uh, of movies. A shitload of movies. And 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 by watch, I mean management did you know worked last week and she did a couple of overnights. So okay. I sat there and I probably I was scrolling. I wasn't sure what to watch. <laughs> it, it might drive you up the wall to hear it. It pissed Joe off to hear it. It really pissed my wife off to hear it. I would watch a trailer, right, and then I would watch the last fifteen minutes of the movie. Eh, and I and I got whatever. I blew through about ten movies that you know weren't on because because I don't know how you guys work it in your house. These are the shows we watch together. These are the movies we want to watch together, and like literally, I I I I have a, a better chance of you know going out and buying a sports car, and getting away with it than you know the Netflix cheating on her. So uh, so there's so few things I can't watch. I'm like oh, I don't think she want to watch this movie. So I would I would watch the trailer. It's like okay, mildly interesting. I think I get it, and it's true. It's like I don't think there was one movie I watched the last like 15 20 minutes of where I'm like, okay, I feel I need to go back 
and get the whole exposition that led to this moment. <laughs> well, don't do that with Parasite is what I would say. Saw so Parasite. We we right. we I mean, did. Right? Don't no. do that with Parasite. I, no, no, but you know, <laughs> but but a lot of these like you know, B list like sci fi movies. It's like oh really? Well, yeah, it I was... mean there's there's a for- I mean I, I think there is like a specific formula in terms of you know at this point you do this and at this point you do like I I think that there is you know um I read an article a long time ago about that but yeah so as far as you know my you know my uh, household goals it's like. You know, we have the uh, st- stairway to uh, Cleveland uh, philosophy on these things, um, which is basically, you know, fuck you, I do what I want. So, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so are are you guys watching anything together in the house? Is either you and in, in, in your son Listen, or you? I'm the guy that is holed up downstairs watching the hockey. Okay. You know, let's do that hockey downstairs. So the I'm in the let's do that hockey room. And then James and Lori will watch something uh, together. Uh, every once in a while, I will drop in on James watching uh, his MMA fights, as as does Lori. But yeah, uh, so we're many, all over the place. Like I, I actually was trying to find something. I think on the NHL Network the other day, and I went, "Oh, the, there was a bunch of kickboxing and MMA stuff." And I just hit record on it to check it out. There's so many minor league leagues out there. But a good fight's a good fight. I, you know, I couldn't yeah, tell yeah, you. Yeah, a lot of the combat stuff um, is, yeah, some, absolutely. Some pretty good stuff. Uh, do you have a parenting tip this week? Oh, goodness, what's the good parent? You know, a, a good parenting tip is, uh, you know, you know, make sure that you know, you, you know, your son thinks enough of you that you know, you know, if I get screwed up, um, uh, that you know, things will start sucking for him, so that he's really nice to me right now. And um, <laughs> so I, I, I had a, I, I had a health issue this week where I have a bursitis on my knee, and you know, I shouldn't say that because you know, my son is a good kid, and he's always really, he tries to always be really helpful. But you know, he's been extra helpful because you know, he doesn't want me walking around with my bursitis, you know. But you know, I have this thing on my knee, you know, and I had to get it drained, um, you know. Uh, but you know, so I went to the doctor. Uh, yesterday because this you know inflammation wouldn't come down you know and so you know so i have this huge balloon under my kneecap and it was hampering my walking so you know the uh, the doctor asks you know you know is there something that you've been doing a lot on your knees and i told him you know what i do in my own time is my (laughs) damn business but but then you know and then you know you know we he talked about you know maybe i could show him what, what may have caused this and i said you know i kind of politely declined and no in all seriousness it, it kind of came out of nowhere i woke up with a pain and then at the end of the day it just kind of blew up so you know uh it is what it is but yeah so there's my uh so if he but, takes... you know it's it's good to have it's you know it's i think it's more of a you know uh you know a child tip where you know it's just generally good to have a, a kid that actually you know cares about you so i appreciated that it is my child appreciation week this week good you know he's a great kid uh one of my maybe my favorite one in that house my favorite person not favorite yeah. kid favorite person no, yeah, that... that's that's yeah that's not well you know <laughs> hey. you haven't met my do- my you, new dog you, oh you, you haven't met my i dog. have you know yeah. you, you 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 do make the top three yeah, you, okay. you make the top. Yeah, you make the top four. Now that I think about the new dog, probably the top four. You know, I don't think I rank above the dog. But no, I do rank above the cat because that. Cat yes, yeah, yeah, bitch. yes, yes. It, you know, um, so my parenting tip: a couple weeks ago, I I said that the boys have started playing Get Fiddle. And I take them. It's a great little music store, mom and pop. The woman's been in business for 40 years. The guitar teacher is a nice kid. He's like 23, 24 years old. So the little guy um, does this guitar lesson 
dirt last Thursday, we get home making dinner. It's like one, you know, once a week a guitar lesson. In that case, it was twice a week because I said to the guy, "Hey, if anybody ever cancels, we're right down the street. We would love to do two in persons a week." Because my kids will listen to everybody else more than me. Like, like you know, right, right. the typical thing. You know, if I, I drop my kids off no, with you. In, in, in his defense, everybody else listens to everybody else more than you. So. No, I don't blame him. Just, yeah. Seriously, I don't. So he gets home. It's like an hour later. He unwinds. I'm making dinner. And I'm like, hey, buddy, why don't you jump on? Because they do one piano lesson a week and then two or three times they got to play for 15 minutes right. and now with the guitar okay you know you got to play the guitar once a week at lesson right. and play two or three times and i'm like but he had a half day this day and he doesn't get yeah. his video games during the week but i'm like okay right. you know what's a half day you can get 3 hours of games in okay. exchange i want even though you're doing guitar i still want 15 minutes of piano you know reasonable yep. Yep. and so he goes well the guitar teacher told me i have to Either give up, I can't play guitar, or I have to stop playing piano. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. Today, when I had the lesson, he said, oh, he expected me to know more of the song. He asked me how many times I practiced. I said twice since the last lesson. And, and he goes, well, why didn't you practice every day? He goes, because I do piano every other day. And the, the guitar teacher told me I can only learn one instrument at once. Now, he's 10. And, and I had a conversation with him. I'm like, well... You know, it's good that you're hearing this now because on one hand, it's good you're hearing it now because when you go to high school, you go to college, it's like the math teacher thinks his class is the most important. The history teacher thinks his class is most important. And it's like, you know, if you only have time to write one paper, it better be the English teacher because he thinks his class. So you're going to have to learn that everybody thinks that. Second of all, I'm going to, I'm going to email him and I'm going to take care of this. You don't worry. And I, I literally composed myself and i'm like he's 10 maybe the information is wrong but i reached out to the guy and i wrote him a note saying hey just so we're on the same page this is the information that was relayed to me i'm giving the benefit of the doubt that you didn't tell my 10 year old you know that (laughs) a parenting decision on what he would have to play or not play after only knowing him for three weeks. So I'm going to assume the information was wrong and we're going to go forward with this. If you have any questions about it, you know, um, you can call me, but you stay in your lane, um, you know, and I'm going to got, got this dad, but, but my parenting tip is, you know, you got to make sure that the kids know it's like, Hey, um, if somebody steps on Papa's toes, when it comes to the parenting thing, um, don't, don't be an alarm. Don't worry about it. I will take care of this. And yeah. secondly, yeah, everybody thinks that their slice of the pie is the most important in, in, in your world, you know? So you're just going to have to get used to um, time managing and prioritizing things yeah. as you see fit or as I see fit until you're old enough to see fit. And you're 10. We're not going to get to where you see fit for quite some time. Yeah. So go yeah. fucking play piano. There you go. <laughs> So that's my parenting tip. Um, uh, so, I, you know, I also planned, I know what we're going out with this week. It's another ear week from the great My Bro Seb. Nice. Um, you know, I, I just, honestly, I forgot how awesome my buddy Rod and John are. This is, uh, oh, you don't, I can't get into it. The guy, Busy, who lived with us in, in, in Fitchburg, this kind of homeless guy um, who was a fixture in our world for a good decade. Um <laughs> Rod, Rod came up. A homeless up. guy that was a fixture for a decade. Yeah, like okay. our town is. Um, there was a lot of people who were displaced from 
um, full-time mental institutions. Right. And, okay. Well, that's sad. Yeah, no. And, and Mike Dukakis as governor did the math, and he realized back in, like, 84, there's a bunch of people who are living in full-time facilities – Right. And that's expensive. And these shithole towns around the state, we can rent a triple decker that has nine bedrooms uh, right, right. and three bathrooms. We can make one an office and can have eight people who are kind sure. of under some kind of watch, you know, yeah. for, you okay. know, but at the same right. time, you know, yeah. um, it saves us a lot of money. And, and where we went to college, Fitchburg was one of those towns. So you, okay. you were college kids, you were poor and maybe. You know, um, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, well below the poverty line, or you were well below the poverty line and batshit crazy. And this guy, okay. Marcel Lefebvre, was one of the guys who, okay. at diff- at different times, uh, was housing challenged and 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 would live with us. And then we got him and his mama placed together. I didn't, you know, one of the guys literally in our group, um, right. you know, helped them get some housing. He for a while ended up being on. Um, he ended up for being on uh, Howard Stern's like cattlecade of like weirdos. <laughs> like he, oh he, he, no, he did. He he had his fifteen <laughs> minutes of fame. Right, right, right. Um, but, but how do they find him? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's a long, it's a longer story. I'm not going to get into. But this is a yeah. song about him. It's like uh, okay. Uh, Ain't ain't that busy's house to the tune of John Killen, John Cougar Mellicamp's "Ain't That America." So that's what we're going to go out on. It's taken me long to explain the song. The song. Pink House is the song. Oh, that's the name of the yeah. song. Pink House is the, okay. But thank, see, yeah. see, you know, you you know more of that story from Rock than I ever will. Uh, you got any last parting uh, thoughts? Uh, uh, no. How about you? Don't forget. Well, it's Pepsi in her apartment, sparking up a GPC. She's got the wheel of fortune on the TV. Thank you.